0: Uh, welcome back everybody to FCA Podcast. Um, this will be our third episode on Romans, so it's at chapter 3. Again, I have my good friend Landon Brock and Lydia Ganey with me. We will be going over this chapter, and for us this morning, Lydia will be reading chapter 3. Lydia, go ahead and read
1: Then what advantage has the Jew, or what is the benefit of circumcision? Great in every respect, first of all, that they were entrusted with the oracles of God. What then? If some did not believe their unbelief, will not nullify the faithfulness of God, will it? May it never be. Rather, let God be found true, though every man be found a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. But if our unrighteous demon demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? The God who inflicts wrath of unrighteousness is he. I am speaking in human terms. May it never be, for otherwise how will God judge the world? But if through my lie the truth of God abounded to his glory, why am I also still being judged as a sinner? And why not say, as we are slanderously reported and as some claim that we say, let us do evil that good may come. Their condemnation is just. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. We have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin as it is written. There is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is none not even one their throat is an open grave with their tongues they keep deceiving the poison of asp is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness their feet are swift to shed blood destruction and misery are in their paths and the path of peace they have not known there is no fear of god before their eyes now we know that whatever the law says it speaks to those who are under the law and that every mouth May be closed, and all the world may become accountable to God, because by the works the, of the law no flesh be justified in his sight for th- through the law comes the knowledge of sin but now apart from the law the righteousness of god has been manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophet even the righteousness of god through faith in jesus christ for all those who believe for there is no distinction for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which in- which is in jesus christ whom god displayed publicly publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because the forbearance of God he passed over the sins previously committed. For the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It isn't excluded, but what kind of law? Of works? No, but the but by a law of faith for we maintain what a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law or is the, is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes. Of Gentiles also. Since indeed God, who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith is one. Do we then nullify the law through faith? May it never be on the contrary. We establish the law.
0: Now, there's a lot in that chapter there. <clears throat> and, basically we know even in chapter two where he's trying to make sure that we all understand that we are all equal as far as sin goes and here he explains it even to the depths of how none of us are righteous he says there you know both jews and greeks now i know there's a lot to unfold here but i'd like to get y'all's thoughts as far as um what y'all think about this chapter before we go into asking questions back and forth and all that so landon what What's what's your thoughts on this chapter here? Well, I think chapter three really is a uh, it's a good kind
2: of a, a stepping stone from where chapter two left off as far as kind of reestablishing and like kind of reaffirming the fact that like you said none of us are righteous in God's sight because of our sin and we're all equal due to the fact that we are all sinners. And uh, but you know chapter three also really introduces uh, righteousness through faith. as you know he hasn't really done that yet in this letter to the Romans. And I like how in chapter three he continues to. Even go to a further extent of showing how unrighteous we truly are to show just how perfect and holy God actually is, and then he kind of at the very end of that unveils how we can have righteousness through faith, and it shows the mercy of God compared to how unrighteous He showed that we really are in the previous chapter. Yeah,
1: yeah. and like I agree with Landon, like he's saying that we're all sinners, and um, we all have a right to be judged because we've all done wrong in the sight of the Lord, and we always need to remember that as we go throughout our days and stuff. So, uh,
0: you know, what I find very interesting um, Paul always brings up the circumcision, you know, the works, you know, in any of his laws, even there, like Galatians. When he writes to the Galatians, he talks, talks a long time about circumcision and talks a long time about how. Um, It's not of the law. It's not of the works. It's not of anything that we can do because we are all unrighteous under God's um, rule because of how righteous God is. You know, and um, here, I mean, he further emphasizes and this this is what I love about Paul. He further emphasizes all of his points with as it is written, you know, um, I want to bring up a point on that because of how we make arguments a lot of times. Um, we like to interject our own thoughts and our own opinions on the matter. Paul here, he says something, and then he says, as it is written and explains it through what has already been written about it, um, which is a very, very, very important point to point out. But as we go through this text and, <clears throat> starting there where it says then what advantage has the Jew or what is the value of circumcision much as in it much in every way to begin with the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God he's not saying that Jews weren't special okay he's not saying that he because Jews obviously they were given the written word I mean they were the chosen people okay he's not saying that even the law is not you know, pertinent. What he is saying is is that we need to understand that no matter what we do, we are all unrighteous. N- nobody does what they're supposed to alone. We cannot do that. We have to put our faith in Jesus Christ. Um, now, what, what, um, what did y'all, as far as breaking this chapter down, what did y'all come up with um, as far as some applications maybe some people can take away from this?
2: Well I like uh I like where in verse three where he's you know, he talks about the Jews and how like you said, he he's not trying to like in any way diss the Jews and talk about how they don't matter because they are God's chosen people. But then in verse three he goes into For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true but every man a liar. And I really I really like the context of that verse there because you know, I think I've actually I've actually mentioned this verse before, but it's one of my favorite ones. Hebrews thirteen eight says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's kind of the same the same applying concept here that Paul's trying to use. You know, God's faithfulness is never going to be without effect, like Paul says. And you know, His truth is never going to be without effect, no matter how unrighteous we are. God's righteousness prevails over all of that. And I really I really like the point that he makes there and the consistency that he uses in the scriptures and throughout the scriptures. And even after that, I. He goes into as it is written, and he does it later in the book, in the chapter as well. And you know, Jesus, whenever he was tempted by the devil, what did he, you know, what did he use to defend himself? Scripture, as it is written, as it is written, he said, "Get behind me, Satan!" As it is written, you know. And he goes over and over and I just think it's really important, especially in modern day times, how important the application of scripture is in the defense of our faith. Because without that, we have no base, we have no no reason to defend our faith, like it says in Peter. You know, we got to always be ready and. Obviously, the only way to do that is to be rooted in the word of God. Mm-hmm.
1: One of the main things I took out, it was um, in verses 23 and 25, where it says, all have fallen short of the glory of God. And um, this has happened for us, but God sent his son down for our sins and died for us. So we need to be willing to accept that gift. We are all worthy of it. Some people try to say, well, I wouldn't say worthy of it, but some people try to think, they think that they aren't worthy that they have done too much wrong to accept this gift, but it's sitting there. It's like if your dad gives you a new car and you don't ever use it, it's just sitting in the parking lot and you're just like looking at it all the time. What's the point of having it if you're not going to actually use it and like, you know, learn stuff about it and figure out how to use it, you know?
0: Well, we've been given this word and you know, Paul, Paul, um, this chapter Well, obviously, it wasn't a chapter before, before 500 years ago, we didn't have any chapters or verses. It was just all one big scroll. But in this section right here, we all, as Christians, like to go to the section, or most Christians do, to bring people to Christ, to make them understand where our equality is in God. And our equality in God lies in our sin, okay? The fact that we all are unrighteous, that not one is good. Not one seeks God. These things, and, and he pulls out of Psalms here, which are many different Psalms. It's not just one Psalm. He pulls it out of different Psalms. And the fact that, that was a lot of it was um, David and through some of the things that he was going through and, and how unrighteous he felt and, and the things that he felt inside of him brings out the fact that we are all sinners. And that's what that's what I really want to get out of this and what what we should take from this um, is and we will further go through some different things and applications for this. But the fact that you brought up Romans 323, a lot of us understand the um, Romans road. Right. And um, we bring people to faith by first telling everybody that all have fallen short of the glory of God, that we're all sinners and things like that. But like it says after that and are justified by his grace as a gift. Okay. Since we are all unrighteous, since none of us are good, God has given us a gift. Okay. Everybody's heard the term of, um, pay it forward. Right. Right. You get given something, pay it forward. Right. So, in understanding our unrighteousness and understanding how we are not good, we should, at that point of salvation, pay it forward, right? That should be the thing that we do each and every day. Um, Some of the things that... When I was not saved, I would never come to this chapter if I was reading the Bible at all, because I did not want to know that I was not righteous. I did not want to know that I was not good. I didn't care if everybody else was or not. I didn't want to know that I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? And I know a lot of times um, when you're trying to explain it to um, fellow students, sometimes you get that that point. But what's some things that some of the kids can kind of take out of this, even though it's telling us that we're so unrighteous? What are some more of the things that we can take out of this scripture to give us some encouragement that um, even though we may be unrighteous, God does love us? Um, what are some things we can do from that? Well, I think really
2: the beginning to any of the encouragement is, you know, first, like you said, the recognition that we are unrighteous and just how how sinful we truly are, because I think for the Holy Spirit to be able to convict Anyone who doesn't know Jesus Christ, they have to first come to that realization that, hey, man, this is all talking about me. And I think really when you get to the encouragement is, you know, Paul's listing all the things. And even in the chapter before that we've looked at all the things that we've done on. This is why you're condemned. This is what you've done wrong. And then, you know, because of this, you're you're not you know, you're not perfect and you're unrighteous and everything. And then it's like, all right, you don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. And this is why you don't deserve it. But then verse 21 is really like, boom, OK, but here's a way out. And it's like. Now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. And that's really important, the wording there, because all he's talked about previously is how the law makes us unrighteous and how the law cannot justify us before God. And then he says here, but faith can justify us before God. So I think really the encouragement there is that we don't have to do anything to earn God's grace or his salvation. All we have to do is have that faith. And that's what justifies us. That's what saves us. Very good.
1: Um. As it says that none of none of us are righteous, we need to think about that and then realize what God did for us while we were still unrighteous and sinners. That blows my mind. I I I know for a fact that I am not worthy of that. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't send my son to go down on the cross for anybody else. I, <laughs> I would not. And so I think we need to remember that all the time. Like don't forget it. But we also need to, like, strive to be righteous. Like, don't just take that and beat yourself up with it. Take it and build yourself up with Mm -hmm. it. Make yourselves better. Try to be righteous. I mean, you're not going to make it. None of us are ever going to make it to the righteous point. But we can try.
2: I I really like what you said there about how we we need to remember what, what God did for us, even though we are sinners. Because... You know, verse 25, Paul says that God set Jesus forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. You know, and like you said, Jesus is the propitiation. Jesus was the sacrifice for our sins. And, you know, it says later on in Romans, it says that, uh, you know, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that the really important thing here is, you know, Jesus didn't have to do that. I mean, he's, he's on a throne in heaven sitting there. He doesn't need us. God has never needed us. But he chose to love us. You know, it's a choice that he willingly and freely made. And I think that we as humans become so proud and arrogant to the fact that we think that we don't need that whenever
0: God never had to show it to us mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> um, as a pastor coming from the world, you know, living in the world as long as I did, and then um, coming to the Bible and having to talk to people, one thing that makes this chapter. So beautiful is the fact that you can talk to someone and relate mm-hmm. to them, and the fact that we are both sinners. You know, um, I'm just going to read through nine through twenty again real quick, because I think what what people think about this section is that Paul's calling us out, man. He's telling us none of us are right, none of us are this, none of us are that. We we look at those points. But we don't understand why he's doing it. Okay. What then are we Jews? Any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues and deceive to deceive. The venom of asp is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In the paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being can will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. That last part right there where he says, and the whole world may be held accountable to God for by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Okay, see, Paul, what he's doing there is, is, and this is what you should feel good about some of these texts. What he's doing there is he's saying, it not matter how many things people do. It doesn't matter how good you think you are. It doesn't matter how much better than other people you think you are. You're not. The only thing that makes us good and separates us from each other is Christ and knowing Christ. It doesn't matter that you um, come to church every day and do every single thing possible to, to um, look good to people. Because if your heart is doing it out of selfishness, it's not righteousness to God. You are unrighteous in the fact that you're doing it for yourself and other people to see. He brings us into an equality that shows no partiality of persons. It shows none of that. But the beautiful part, the beautiful part is there 20, verse 21 and below. Okay, for all have sinned and fallen short of the law, and are justified by His grace as a gift. Again, I say it again: a gift. It is a free gift that we must accept, accept wholeheartedly. Okay, you know, in um, Hebrews, it talks about therefore, um, therefore, brothers and sisters, have the confidence to come into the holy places, the holiest of places, into God's presence. OK, because it's the blood of Christ that does that for us. Therefore, we should let us draw near to God. OK, this this book, the Bible and the things that are said in it should not separate us. It should bring us together in the fact that we are all equal under God's sight and the fact that we are all sinners. Um, you said faith. And I, I, I love that because Paul also in other places um explains the point of faith. We all think about, the the Jews even thought about the law so much. I mean, it was like part of, but they forgot the fact that Abraham came before the law. And Abraham was counted as righteousness in that covenant with God through faith. not Not of his actions or what he did, but the fact that he believed in God so much that he had that faith. So let's talk about the faith a little bit here. Okay, then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. So we know we're all saved, right? (laughs) And we're saved by faith. Now, a lot of people take that as, I have faith that Jesus will forgive my sins every day, and I can just continue to sin (laughs) A lot of people will say that. But even up here, Paul said, do I continue doing these things? No, no. We do things right because we have faith. Right. So what's some of the things that we think we can take away from that as far as um, Christian youth? Okay, you know, adults. Yes, we can say we've lived a lifetime of this and we've done this. We've done that. But right now, y'all are in it, man. Y'all are in the decision making process of multiple decisions that you have to make in your life. And you have to have faith in God to do it. and 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 that is so important to have that faith because we hope we have faith in a hope that we cannot see. So, what are some things that you can take away from that as far as a as far as a teenager goes? Uh, well, I mean, faith is
2: essentially the the centerpiece of of Christian life as as a believer in Jesus Christ. Faith is faith should drive everything that we do as disciples and followers of Jesus. And I really think that you know Scripture says that we live by faith and not by sight, right? Well, the thing here's the thing: if we live by sight, you know, we look at the world around us today. If we live by sight, it leads to you know, sadness, depression, you look at all the horrible things that are going on and you think, man, where's God's hand in all this? Where is how, how is he possibly in control? But if you live by faith and you read the word of God, you understand that even in the book of Revelation, it says that one day he'll wipe every tear from our eyes. You know that it is all going to come to a head one day and that God's going to make everything right. And that's where our faith is. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, because we know that, hey, no matter what happens in this world, and, you know, we do have a lot of decisions coming up. Maybe they're going to go our way. Maybe they're not going to go our way. And, you know, a lot of the times they're probably not going to go our way. But the reality of the matter is that Jesus is still in control. And when you have faith, you know that he's in control. And not only do you know that, but you know that his plan for your life, no matter where he's going to guide you, whether it is in the hill or the valley or whatever it is that you're going through, that eventually one day he is going to make it all right. And maybe we are going to have to go through some stuff. And, you know, the Bible even says that as Christians, we are going to be persecuted for our faith. Mm. and Maybe to some extent that we've never even heard of before. But at the end of the day, the disciples were killed for their faith. And yet they said, hey, I trust Jesus no matter what. And that's, I think that's the point that really we have to get to. And is it easy? No. But I think it's the most important step.
1: Mm. I've said it before. My faith has given me this joy in my life that I think everyone needs, especially as teenagers and in high school and stuff, the, the amount of stress and drama and everything that's thrown at us in this time in our lives, we need that. We need that faith and trust trust in someone because sometimes we feel alone and we, we feel like we have no one else to talk to, even if we have like amazing friends and parents and, and family that we can go to and talk to about this kind of thing. But sometimes that's not enough. You need something more. And, and that's who Jesus is for me. You know, when you're, when you're laying in bed alone and you're like really stressed out about college or high school or or a friend or something, you have someone to talk to. Even if it's like 2am, you have someone to talk to. So faith is like, everyone needs it. I know not everyone's going to receive it. And that breaks my heart because it's so amazing. It is so amazing. And I think everyone needs to at least look into it.
0: Yes. And, and and there, as it ends the chapter, you know, he says, do do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. I say this all the time. We are not saved by works. There is nothing that we can do to make, a, make, make us righteous to God. God is so righteous. God is so good that we cannot be good enough to, for him to accept us. All right. It's only through Jesus Christ and faith, faith alone that he does. But because we have faith, because we have this Christ, this Savior that has come into our hearts and saved our lives, we uphold the law. It's not something that we do, something that we have to do. It's something that we want to do. We don't have to do the things that are right. We don't have to do all this, but we want to do them. Why do we want to do them? Because we have faith in Christ. We have a true understanding of who and what he is and what he did for us each and every day. I'm going to lead into chapter four here real quick, um, down to verse three, only because I think it's pertinent to understand this part. It says, when, then, when, what then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Abraham's faith is what made him righteous. Abraham believing God and what God said is what made him righteous, okay? It wasn't anything that he did, okay? Because let's face it, if it was something that we could do, we would all be so boastful in ourselves. We would think, oh, I'm righteous to God because I did such and such. That's not how it goes, okay? God, God's given us this thing freely through Jesus Christ, okay? And we say free, we say free, but Jesus had to get tacked up on that cross before we could have it okay but it is still a free gift to each and every one of us um before we close out before I close out do y'all have any other thoughts that y'all would like to say to the people out there well just kind of just
2: kind of closing out what we've been through you know talking about how boasting is excluded and even how you just you leaned in chapter 4 and talked about how you know even if Abraham was justified by works, he still had nothing to boast about before God and us as, as modern day Christians you know a lot of modern day Christians and you know we're all guilty of it want to act like hey we're better than somebody who hasn't received the salvation that Jesus offers and the reality of the matter is is that like it says you know we have nothing to boast about we're not I mean we came the same way that anyone else has ever come to salvation Broken, lost, and in desperate need of a savior And I think that's, that's such a big point there Is because, you know, if it was it had anything to do with us Then we'd be walking around with our chest stuck out in the air Like, hey, follow me because, But we don't We say follow Jesus because because that's the point We can't do anything on our own And nothing we do is right Just like we've spent this whole entire chapter talking about so that's why we preach Jesus. And that's why, you know, I, I heard a thing one time. It says, Jesus, you know, Jesus died for you. The least you can do is live for him. And uh it's just the love that he has for us. And it, it's almost like the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Once you receive the gift of salvation, convicts you of your sin. And it drives you towards wanting to become more and more like Jesus every day. And I think for anyone out there that's in high school or college or wherever you're at right now, and, you know, look at the world around you and you see, hey, even, there's even Christians out there that don't want to follow Jesus, you know. But I think, you know, Paul says that he, uh, that he keeps his eyes fixed towards the prize, the ultimate goal of Jesus, you know, the, the founder, the perfecter of our faith. And I think really this the key encouragement here is, hey, keep the faith, you know, mm-hmm. keep going. It's not easy, but I promise it's going to be worth it in the end.
1: Um, Do not lose sight of who you are because once you, if you, as humans, we, we may go into the Bible and we'll start reading about it and we'll think, oh, I'm good. I didn't do that. Do not think that you are too good for God because you're not. Don't forget that you're a sinner, no matter how high you think you've made it in the Christian world. Well, that
0: pedestal, you know, that pedestal is a bad thing. Okay. We like to put people and even ourselves up on that pedestal, but we forget the whole entire fact that God made the pedestal. So you can set your on the pedestal all you want God still made the pedestal. He made the opportunity for you to even do anything in your head to think that it's good, okay? So for us, for us as Christians, one, I want to make this abundantly clear, okay? We are no better than the person walking around in sin out there. The only thing, the only thing that makes us better is Christ and Christ alone. Christ crucified, Christ, he set the cross between the gap of us and God and drew us together, okay? But through that, Salvation is how we get to God. Through Him. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, so here's how I want to close. I want to close this. I want to say, first of all, all, right, I'm not telling everybody out there that you're all just terrible people. Okay, but we according to God, and as we look at God's righteousness, we are terrible people because we cannot be or attain the goodness of God ourselves. Okay. But there is a happy note to that. There is a happy note to that. We look at that that is bad, but the good thing about it is we are all equal in God's sight. We have someone that loves us equally. We have someone that loves us strongly. We have someone that loves us so much that he'll send his son on this, on this earth to live like us, not to sin though and to die for us. That's what we're telling you today, to put your faith in Jesus Christ, to put your faith in that one hope that each one of us has because we have hope, but our hope is not in the things that we see. Our hope is in the unseen because we cannot see our salvation until the end. So we put our faith in that hope, the hope that we can't see. Okay. And through that, through that, we know that in the end, when all things are done, right, the only thing that's left is faith, hope, and love. And the greatest is love. Why is that? Because it was through love that we were all created. It was through love that Jesus was sent. It was through love that we have salvation and we have faith in the hope of that salvation. Thank you guys today. And um, and I just want to say that <clears throat> this has been a very very amazing opportunity for me to listen to both of um, your points of view on this, this book that is very hard that you two chose. <laughs> it is very hard to go through, but... But I think it's a very important book um, because it shows you all spectrums of everything, of how we're equal, of how the things of the law and works cannot save you. But it is only through faith that we are saved. It's by grace, through faith, and not of works, lest no one should boast. Okay, and um, thank you for listening out there. Um, We've had quite a few listeners actually and um, we appreciate that we really do and I want to tell y'all okay if you don't have all of our numbers okay I will first put mine out there it's 386-406-0074 if you have any kind of questions any kind of questions and if you want to talk to Landon or Lydia um, I can get a hold of them for you just please don't hesitate to ask okay tomorrow may be too late okay and today is never too soon okay God wants you with him. Jesus wants you to accept him. Please do that today and put your faith in him. Um, Lydia, would you close us out with prayer?
1: Dear Lord, thank you, God, so much for allowing us to come here and do this for you, Lord. I pray that the people listening out there take this to their heart, Lord, and and live it out in their everyday lives, Lord. Don't help them not be boastful and realize that they are sinners and they need your grace, God. Pray that we go out and we have an amazing day today, Lord, and live life for you. In Jesus' name I pray. amen.
0: Amen. Amen.